If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Okay, everybody, we have a very special episode for you today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to shout out our new patrons, starting with a new champion for actors' rights that I'm very excited has joined us. <laughs> a real, absolute real name. An absolute real name, and it is Pigface Wigface. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pigface Wigface. It makes me laugh so hard. Pigface Wigface, whoever you are, well done. <laughs> we're so happy to have you here. Oh, man, we're happy to have this next group as well. Um, we like their names also, we really like them. We like to say them, and I will say them right now. They're getting shouted out. They are. Did I say they're in Tony fucking Colette Center Circle? Did I say that? <laughs> did I say that they are hanging out with Tony fucking Colette? Did I say it? Did you hear it? Did I hear that correctly? Tony fucking did you Colette? Hear, you did hear that correctly. <laughs> and they are Theo Falk. Caitlin Fakowski, Gillian Loesch, Jess Big Deal, Katie Cohn, Lily Baldessari, and my cousin Annie. Oh, so Annie nice. has told me that she feels like we're hanging out when she listens to the podcast. And Annie, I feel like we are too now. That's Hi, cute. Annie. And sometimes she said she can't tell us apart. So it, this is this is me, Annie, your cousin. This is me, <laughs> Emily, your cousin. Shouting you out. Only two letters away from my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Only two letters away. So close. Ooh, so close. Um, but she is my cousin, Annie. Should make a make a remake. <laughs> Should make a remake. Um, welcome all of you to Tony Button Collette Center Circle. We're so glad to have you and we love you unconditionally forever, starting now or when I met you, um, Annie, in that case, because I've loved you before now. You get it. Mm -hmm. You get it. We also get that there are <laughs> a few upgrades this week. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. baby. These people had, you know, gotten a little taste of the Patreon. They wanted a little bit more. And so they've upgraded. This is Kim Troxel, Anita G, and Lindsay Knoll. Thank you, guys. We love Ooh. you so much. We started loving you like forever ago, but you know what? We still love you. Just wanted to let you know. And we will forever. And we will, and we will forever. forever. That's the deal. And if you'd like to join our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash TSCW podcast. And we hope that you love this episode. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves i'm emily and i am too scared to watch scary movies i'm henley and i'm also too scared to watch scary movies i'm sammy and i like watching scary movies and i like telling my friends about them and so we made a podcast about it <laughs> oh we did we did we it really did a, probably the best idea we've ever had Honestly, I think it absolutely was the best idea we've ever had. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, man. What's up with us this week? Well, I guess my big news is that spring has sprung in oh, New York City, for you, you guys. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it is really funny to see people coming out of the woodwork. Uh, people have just been inside, not able to really be outdoors at all for several months for a lot of different reasons. And people are just taking advantage of the good weather. So, um, hmm. for example, I saw a man playing a full harp. In the park. A full harp. Wow, that's really expensive to be taking out into the wild. Just a a big harp that he just (laughs) just rolled right into the park, you know, and was enjoying. How do you think a harp weighs? Oh, weighs. I don't, I don't know. know. Quite a lot. I'm sure it's heavy. He- enough to to have to roll it and not carry <laughs> it. That's true. You can't carry it. <laughs> you can't carry a harp. I just know they're really expensive. My cousin plays harp and they're thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, this guy was showing off his harp in the park. Um, <laughs> I mean, why not, I guess? <laughs> if you got it, flaunt it. <laughs> if you got it, flaunt it. <laughs> um, okay. The other thing I saw was that, so we are on top of a hill. We're only on the fourth floor, but we're on the top of a hill. So we can see the tops of a lot of other buildings. Mm-hmm. And a man brought his stationary bike to the roof of a building. And mm. this is not like a done roof. It's not like like a nice roof. Ooh, it's like a, so a little... like a pretty like gross Precarious. New York City like rooftop situation. And he just brought a stationary bike up to the roof like more power to you like go for it doing a stationary bike in his full like casual workwear like button down shirt khakis loafers like looks like he probably is a palm pilot like who is this man i have so many questions (laughs) i fucking loved it oh and the last thing i'm gonna say is that mr softy is out and about and i've rediscovered mr softy what is that you guys this is so important. It's so important. It's like thank God you're telling us. Thank God. <laughs> I, got, I apparently have to know. It's soft serve ice cream. Oh, that plays. It's like an ice cream truck. You know, they play the ice cream mm. little jingle, and sure. you get all the classic stuff. You can get like a twist cone. You can do a sundae, whatever. But it's like constantly around. And Tim has been saying that he's hearing like phantom Mr. Softy noises in the middle of the night. <laughs> At like 2 a.m. He's like, I hear Mr. Softy like all the time now. Um, anyway, I'm rejuvenated. Spring is amazing. I'm so happy. Mm. <laughs> I similarly feel pretty, pretty positive and excited for, you know, that hasn't been the general consensus for, <laughs> no. for the no, past year so that, that often. <laughs> Um, but one thing I'm excited about is that we got our first piece of mail to our TSW <laughs> PO box. <laughs> um, and it was from Madeline Wilson. She has an Etsy shop. She made us stickers. I stuck one on my phone. I really Me love them. too. They're so cool. They're very cool. Um, so if you guys want to check her out, her Etsy is at Madeline Wilson shop. Madeline is M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E Wilson shop and she even gave us a freaking discount code for our listeners so you can type in tsdw15 and get 15 percent off that's so cool it's just very cool and exciting and i'm happy about that 
And the other thing that I'm happy about, or two other things, one is that we also might be working on some merchandise <gasps> at, this, at the moment. <laughs> Big reveal. Not quite ready to fully reveal. No, it's good to tease it. It's good to We're tease it. it. We're teasing, teasing it. it. We're teasing it. Spring has sprung. You're going to want a t-shirt, maybe. You're going to want, you, you might want some things that you might be having. You might want a sock. You might want, you uh, want a sock. socks. <laughs> Spring has sprung. You're out. You're putting shoes on. You you might want socks. The, uh, these things might happen. You might want a tote bag. To carry your things, free picnic mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. We've got options maybe coming soon (laughs) maybe coming soon so stay tuned and then the last and most important thing is that this episode comes out on emily's birthday oh oh it it comes out on my birthday i didn't even realize wow i'm just so happy that emily was born and i love her so much happy birthday emily yeah happy birthday (laughs) emily everyone wish emily a happy birthday she's the light of our life oh my gosh wow thank you I mean, that's pretty much what's up with me. It's my it's my birthday. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out today, it is. Um, but for me right now, currently, it's not yet. Um, and I'm I'm just I'm excited about it. I feel spring has sprung. The world is opening up. It's beautiful. It feels like a new chapter is starting. And that's really great. And it's not, and I'm starting a new decade, and that is a new chapter. Mm, it's your 30th, in case anyone was wondering what decade. And if you didn't know which decade, <laughs> <laughs> would have loved to hear your guesses, but it's uh, now you know. <laughs> and, you know, so a thing that I did this week that really made me happy is such a small thing, but I'm going to talk about it. And that thing is, I have been getting my my imperfect produce deliveries every week in the pandemic, and it did just occur to me that soon I will be able to go to the grocery store and shop for my grocery. I'll feel safe doing that, and that's really exciting. But I have enjoyed getting my produce deliveries. But, you know, sometimes you, like, plan on cooking a thing, and then you just don't really – and you're like, oh, I didn't get that and get in the dish or whatever, and sometimes it's hard to figure out what to do with your produce. And I had some red bell peppers that had not made it into the dish that I made earlier this week – they were going to go bad, but I didn't really have time to like, it was just like a couple of bell peppers. Like, what am I supposed to do? So I thought, oh, I will roast them and I will make a sauce. I will make a roasted bell pepper sauce. Wow. Which I've never made before. Is that a Romesco sauce, technically? You know what? I think it is a Romesco sauce, technically. But you probably <laughs> mm-hmm. have to do some specific things, like spice-wise, to make it technically. I don't know. Sure. But, but I, so I roasted my bell peppers. Very easy to do. Wow. Um, and, and I made this sauce today. And look, it's very easy. It's like insanely easy. I can't believe this was a revelation for me. But I really had this moment of being like, all right, yeah, I'm a, I'm 30. I'm an adult. I will look at things in my kitchen. I'll turn them into sauce. And I, it really brought me a lot of joy. And it was so good, you guys. It was so good. Wow. wow. We're going to need this recipe. It's it, there's it's not even a recipe. You just roast bell peppers, puree them, saute some garlic, throw your peppers right in that pan, you add a little cream, you're done. Ooh, yeah, wow. that sounds it's great. Easy. Sounds really good. Wow, wow. But wow. it takes you apparently thirty years of life to get to that point. Hey, so. I, I feel like I'm past thirty and I'm not there yet. I let food rot in my fridge. Still. I, mean, I always do, and I will again. I'm certain I will again. But in this moment, I was like, here we go. I need to be proactive like you. This is good. This is inspirational. Most things can be made into sauce. <laughs> <is what> I <laughs> will tell you any pesto is just 
herb, leafy greens, nuts, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> this is a cooking podcast. Yeah, is this a cooking podcast now? Just toss your leafy greens and your nuts leafy in the pan. Leafy greens and nuts. <laughs> Anything can be a sauce. Um, so that's what's up with me. That's what's up with me. Well, this is very nice. Sounds like a more uplifting <laughs> intro than I feel like we've had lately. Yeah, it's been a tough stretch. <laughs> and hey, the good stuff, the good, exciting stuff doesn't end there. <sighs> we've got another exciting thing to do, and that's to talk about this week's movie, uh, which is The Children. It came out in 2008. It was directed by Tom Shankland, written by Tom Shankland, uh, based on a story by Paul Andrew Williams, starring Hannah Toynton, Eva Berthesel, Stephen Campbell Moore, Rachel Shelley, Jeremy Sheffield, and Eva Sayer. And we have a guest here today to talk about it with us. She is a teacher, an anti-racism, an anti-bias educator, and she loves horror movies. It's Liz Kleinrock. Thank you for being here, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. I I cannot tell you how exciting it is to talk about something that is not anti-racism and hate crimes against Asian Americans. As an Asian American, yes. I'm exhausted. I'm so pumped imagine. to talk about something else. Yes, something light, a real, just, yeah. Just, a horror just some movie. Horror, nice horror, horror, movie. horror movie. Yeah. People Absolutely. getting slashed. It's all good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we're so excited. Yeah. I didn't know you were such a, a fan of horror. And I'm curious to know how long have you loved horror for? When did you first get into horror? Have you always loved it? Was there a moment where you decided, ooh, I like this now? <laughs> Tell me. Uh, so I think <laughs> I started like actively liking it and like seeking it out on purpose in high school. Mm-hmm. Um not the case when I was younger. Um, the scariest movie like to date, and I still stand by this, was Mars Attacks. That mm. I know it's not a scary movie. No, like I I'm aware it's a comedy. Too. <laughs> it is it was okay. so scary. Putting a a human body and a and an animal body. That's terrifying. Thank you. Thank you. Apart, which I mean, <laughs> listeners will know. I do you gotta keep a full body together. I do not want to keep <laughs> I don't want any parts going anywhere else. And that's really freaky. It's traumatizing. And it's like Sarah Jessica Parker and like her head's on the dog and like the, the chihuahua's like on her. It's just nothing, nothing is okay there. So I'm aware that it's a comedy, but I was also like maybe eight or nine when this came out. And I made my parents leave the theater. Like we went on a family movie outing to the Uptown Theater in DC. I will never forget this. My dad stayed. Like my mom took me home and my dad (laughs) stayed and watched the rest of the movie. And like for at least two years after that, I checked under my bed in my closet behind the door. I had like four nightlights. It's embarrassing when you're like a fifth grader and like that's still your sleeping situation. Um, Nothing was okay. So, so that was terrifying. I will. I've said this before, but I love how many people we've talked to whose parents took them to a movie accidentally. That like they sat through a movie in a movie theater that traumatized them for the rest of their lives. It's happened to so many people. What were all of your like trauma movies as kids? Uh, so mine was Poltergeist at a slumber party. And specifically the part where he's like peeling off his face in a mirror and there's like a meat that turns into maggots. I have like a very specific memory of being like eight watching it and being like, I'm going to go sit in the other room (laughs) and like crying and trying to get my mom to come pick me up. She was like, no, 
This is my <laughs> night off. You're staying there. <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever actually talked about this on the pod before, but <gasps> something that really like fucked me up when I was a kid was we watched Fargo. <laughs> okay it's an upsetting one yeah where he puts him into like the wood chipper oh my god I still don't want to have anything to do with that yeah a lot I remember thinking I was so cool because I was like watching this grown-up movie during Thanksgiving (laughs) with all the grown-up kids and like all my adult cousins and then I just remember this wood chipper scene and being like I'll never be the same (laughs) 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 that's true true in my life Mine is also not really, it's, I mean, not, not really, it's definitely not horror. It's a full drama. I don't know. I think I've talked about this, but um, pay it forward. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mine. Because spoiler alert, he di- he gets stabbed and dies at the end. Aside from also Kevin Spacey, not a good man, but Kevin Spacey's character has like, was burned as a kid. So he has these burn scars. So that was really upsetting. And it then, is disturbing. Yeah. Huh? And then, and then Haley Jolisman's character gets stabbed and dies at the end and it's really sad i just remember being like what because isn't the, whole, isn't the whole point of that movie is that he's like doing good things and yeah that, he like yeah. makes everything better and everyone's like this amazing kid paying it forward yeah, i help you and you help two other people and it's like great 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 anyway then he gets stabbed so i guess the world is a terrible place and it doesn't matter what you do which is true but i was not prepared for it that one was bad for me so what turned it around for you, Liz? Well, I had a really good friend. His name is Robbie. We're, st- we're actually still friends. And we were kind of in the same boat that like we really wanted to be into horror, but we were really scared. And like pretty often, at least like once or twice a month, we would hang out on a weekend. We would order a bunch of Chinese food and we would go to Blockbuster and we would pick out like one or two horror movies and we would try to just get through the whole section. We were just like, we are going to desensitize ourselves and just, wow. just numb the pain, but we want to be able to do this. And so oh, we I watched love so that. many. It was super fun. <laughs> it was it, great. That's healthy, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it really does work because I, I, I liked horror before this podcast. I'm not like the number one horror fanatic in the world, but from just constant exposure to horror, you just start to like love it more and more. And now I really, really love horror because I'm watching it so much. So I feel exposure therapy. I mean, it's just, it's good. It works. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing because, because it works. Yeah. And I feel like even you guys who don't watch it, I feel like you've just in hearing about them, you like horror movies more. More open to it for sure. And Liz, I don't know whether you feel like one way or the other about this, but I feel like I'm more open also for like seeing it in a theater, which obviously we haven't been able to do, but the idea of experiencing it like as a group is also a very specific feeling because that's really fun to be like in a space with a bunch of people experiencing it at the same time. Yeah. Yes. The bonding aspect is great because like all those jump scares, everyone jumps and then everyone laughs too. You're yeah. like, oh God, you too. Yes. That was a good one. <laughs> they got us. They got us all. <laughs> Welcome to that very special time of cocktail hour. This week's drink is an Aunt Emily. And I say aunt because our dear Henley is having a baby to whom we will all be known as aunts. Uh, And this episode comes out on my birthday. And this movie features a family trip with an aunt and uncle. So if you can believe it, I found the perfect drink. And to make this drink, you're going to need... Three quarters of an ounce dry gin, three quarters of an ounce Calvados brandy, 
three quarters an ounce apricot brandy, three quarters an ounce of freshly squeezed orange juice, and a sixth of an ounce of grenadine. You will shake all ingredients with ice and fine strain into a chilled coupe glass and garnish with an orange zest twist. Though, really, my birthday wish for all of you is to make whatever dang drink makes you happy, and I am right there drinking with you. This movie is a doozy, but we're all in it together. Cheers! And what made you choose this movie particularly? When did you first see this film? Pretty recent, like less than a year ago. I think I was just home scrolling on, I think it was HBO at the time. I don't, mm. I think I watched on Amazon this time around. But horror is, it's like my go-to. I yeah. like to watch it in the backgrounds, like literally every night if I can find a horror movie or like a horror TV show, like that's my go-to. Teaching is very stressful. Anti-racist work is very stressful. I'm not able to think about any of that if I'm watching a horror movie that I'm really engaged in. It's just a way for me to shut my brain off. I think that I have gone through like every movie on every streaming platform after over a year in a pandemic. So I'm, I'm, I need to go through all the episodes of your podcast because I, I feel like I'm running out when the new one comes out and I see it like teased in a trailer on Netflix. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to write that on my calendar. Like that's how (laughs) sad my life is. (laughs) Do you have a type of horror you like the best? Like, do you love like a ghost, like haunted house horror? Do you love like a disturbing horror? Like what's your, do you have a favorite genre? I mean, I like classic, like paranormal type stuff. Mm. Like I feel like James Wan's like earlier work, like when he was doing Insidious and The Conjuring and like Lights Out, if you can Mm. take a really classic premise, but put some sort of spin on it that makes it new and exciting. I'm not a huge fan of home invasion movies because they're Mm. like too real. Like, oh, Mm. we're like blurring the line a little too much. That's my favorite kind. Sammy loves home invasion (laughs) movies for reasons I don't understand. I think exactly because that, because they scare me the most. Like yeah. the strangers messed me up. Like yeah, as an adult, oh, we, we did that one on the podcast. Yeah, Not okay. But I like zombies too. What are your feelings about gore? Because zombies, I feel like, tend to be gory because they're just so nasty. <laughs> um, do you <laughs> like gore as a horror fan, or not so much? It depends. I feel like if it's used well and intentionally, then yeah. Because there are a lot of Japanese horror films that I like that are like pretty pretty gruesome, like Ichi the Killer and Audition. I've really enjoyed. I think they're actually like, you know, fairly artistic in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like like the new the remake of Texas Chainsaw, I really didn't like. It felt like it was gratuitous violence, as my dad would say, like just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. It didn't do anything to like propel the plot forward or like make you care more about anything that was going on. Yeah. So if it's just kind of in there for the sake of being in there, not so much. Henley but if it's has... there and it matters, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Henley has unfortunately seen the Texas Chainsaw remake and she did not like it. That was when I firmly realized that I do not like horror movies. I was like, I, I hate this. I hate this so much. That one scarred you. Yeah, that one scarred me. But I was also like, a, how old was I? I was in high school. So it feels like I was too old to be scarred by a horror movie. But nonetheless, I was. <laughs> I'd be scarred by that now. Yeah, that one <laughs> True, is just fair. gross, isn't it? It's a little much. It's so gross. Yeah. The original is super good, though. The sound editing in that is amazing. Love the original. Um, oh, sorry, but to get... answer your earlier question, oh, I yes, yes. this one, I'm a teacher, so I teach kids. So there's like some aspect that I think is just kind of funny because I'm mm-hmm. around children most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what age children, what age do you teach normally? 
I currently teach sixth grade. It's This is the oldest grade I've ever taught, but I have an elementary school background. So I have taught first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and now sixth grade. So like the wow. whole elementary range. Mm. That's incredible. <laughs> That's a wide range. A lot of different types of learning happening at all those yes. different stages. Pros and cons everywhere. <laughs> I feel like sixth graders really have their like finger on the pulse though you know like you're finding out about a lot of like crazy stuff on YouTube and like all that kind of thing I feel like yeah imagine being a sixth grader with access to the full internet I like sort of can't can't. even fathom what that would be like oh it's wild it's very wild my school has this program called go guardian and since all the kids are we've been virtual school all year you can spy on all their computers because they're all like school property. It's meant to like help kids troubleshoot, but a lot of teachers use it to like see what their kids are up to during class. My kids Mm -hmm. will just go on YouTube and just browse videos in a way that I don't use YouTube. And that's like super fascinating to me. Right. They just go like next, next, next. Yeah. Who's yeah. got that kind of time? I mean, they do because they're levels. <laughs> <laughs> so they like channel surf kind of like on YouTube, like they're just clicking through it. Like right. whatever comes up, they'll watch. Kind yep. of. Yikes. That is terrifying. <laughs> the algorithm on YouTube is so destructive, right? Isn't it like a horrible algorithm that's constantly like funneling kids towards like bad things. I, I think that's how QAnon works. Like in some way, yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I should probably is. keep an eye out. It's like <laughs> yeah. all, it's like all paths lead to lead to QAnon. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. on YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> also though, cool dance videos. That yes. is a lot of cool dance Sometimes videos. Sometimes cool no. dance videos. That, that too, that too. Shall, should we watch the trailer? Should we get into this? Oh my gosh. I know nothing about this movie. So I'm, I'm excited to see this trailer. I'm excited for you guys. This is going to be fun. Now this is heaven. god i'm in shock i can't wait (laughs) that was wonderful having like watched the movie but not watched the trailer that was great (laughs) i love it i love that tagline that is so funny you know what i just have to accept that we're this is going to happen all the time but i'm currently seven months pregnant and i feel like (laughs) children are gonna (laughs) fucking kill me (laughs) i feel like we have done a few in a row of like bad kid things 
really bad pregnancy kids. things. It happens a lot in horror. I'm sorry, Henley. <laughs> I know. At least it wasn't Rosemary's Baby, but like, still, um, kids are always in horror movies. It's just, it's you know, it's, it's part a, it's of a common horror. common trope. Creepy kid, mm-hmm. creepy kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because they're plenty scary when they're not in horror movies. It's like, true, terrifying. <laughs> um, I one time, uh, growing up with a single mom, went into my mom's room while she was sleeping and said, "There, there's a man under my bed." <laughs> Like, like, did you did you did I you know what was. the reaction would be? No, I like thought there was, but I, I mean, there obviously wasn't. But like, just imagine that fucking a child coming into your room and being like, "Yeah, sorry, mom, but there's a man under my bed. Can you go deal with that?" <laughs> 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 and she had to act not scared. <laughs> oh, God. Your, your mom is a very brave person. She is. She is. God bless her. You're. Your mom also had what poster was it? The um, the Cape Fear poster Cape in her Fear bedroom. Poster in her bedroom, very which strange. Also makes me laugh every Those, time I think about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Should we get into some freaking recapping? You guys ready to hear about this movie? Let's hear it. Yes. This movie looks absolutely insane. I can't <laughs> wait. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Okay, so we start in on this family and they're going somewhere and you can tell like there's some some family drama, like there's some there's some tension in the air. Um, so like our main character, her name is Casey. She is a teenager. She's got kind of like the emo hot topic look going on. Mm-hmm. Um, belt. <laughs> yeah, like the the hair with the bangs and stuff like that. Bang, bangs that are like very angular, like, yes. like some yes. sharp looking Choppy. bangs. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we see her going on this trip with her mom and her stepfather, who you can kind of tell immediately is kind of like a douchey guy. Mm-hmm. And these two kids, I guess, like are they're her half siblings, but they are they're like they're like little kids. Um, and they are on this trip to go visit uh, her aunt and uncle mm-hmm. and cousins. And it's kind of like far out in the middle of nowhere. So mm-hmm. like this is the scene. Right. I also just want to point out, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's and they're in England. They're in England. OK, mm-hmm. um, I was just going to say, I don't know if this is a, a, like a Maryland regional specific thing. Henley also says aunt. And it is a thing mm-hmm. that Sammy and I have brought a lot of attention <laughs> to. I just want to point out uh, Liz. You also say Aunt Henley, you're not alone. I just felt the need to bring that up. People say Aunt. Aunt is People definitely do. People do say Aunt. People do. Hey, between the four of us, it's 50-50 here. It's 50-50. You're no longer outnumbered, Henley. Congratulations. They bully me about this constantly. Especially now that she's pregnant and we're going to be aunts. We're going to be aunts. Oh, I almost forgot like the most important part. So like once they get to this house, the little kid, her little brother... Polly in this movie, yeah. Polly, oh, Polly, yep. Starts like puking in the bushes, and they're just like, "Oh, you're probably like car sick, like you've got a bug or something like that." Mm-hmm. And then like no one really thinks very much of this. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing when they first get there is her uncle is, is uh, named Robbie, and she says, "Hi, Uncle Robbie," and he says, "Feel free to drop the uncle," which I really didn't like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's weird. And then later in the movie, they have some like interesting interactions you're like is this going to get inappropriate no, and if not why is this here <laughs> very strange <laughs> scene. yeah and then they all they go inside right away the kids are all being like very annoying i think casey has gotten them some really loud presents right like like uh little laser gun things and just a little xylophone thing and they're just all running around screaming yeah. Intense and kid energy. Very intense kid. Very, very like, I feel like, well, I'm not around a lot of kids, but I feel like usually kids are not portrayed as like loud and crazy at first. This is just like these kids are coming in hot. They are. <laughs> it's like the exact scene that makes me very grateful that I can give them back at the end of the school mm-hmm. day. <laughs> and then Polly is acting a little strangely still and I think is crying for his mom. His mom's name is Elaine and his dad Jonah. Jonah. We and, don't like him. Yeah, he's the kind of weird vibe guy. Not the creepy uncle, but uh he he goes to pick up Polly and kind of shakes him like it's okay, like whatever. And Polly slaps him in the face and they all kind of laugh, like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Polly's like not in a mood to be fucked with today. Um, it's pretty funny. But we also get interesting reaction. That, like, Jonah, like the the not so nice dad also has some like maybe he feels like a little emasculated too Mm -hmm. in this, like because he tries to like kind of alpha up in some ways. We are like, dude, everybody can see right through you. Like Mm -hmm. no one's buying this thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, and like their cat goes missing, too. We haven't really like seen this cat, but, you know, like in a lot of horror movies, the pet goes missing. And that's supposed to be like the foreshadowing of like what's to come. Yeah, I will say it starts feeling 
you start feeling dread pretty early. I feel like they like plant this as soon as he vomits. And right after this little scene where they're inside playing, it like slowly zooms in on the vomit outside. And so you like know something is up. Pay attention to this. (laughs) And you feel nervous for what's to come. And just the like frantic energy of the kids is like stressful. So it's like stressful right from the get go. Yeah, it feels like you're in a preschool. It's mm-hmm. a lot. And then they're getting ready for bed that night. And Polly is brushing his teeth and just kind of doing like a blank stare. And then downstairs there, uh, the adults are still downstairs by the fireplace. And there's an older um, Casey is the teenage daughter. And then the two half siblings are Polly and Miranda is a slightly older child. I'm notoriously bad at uh, knowing children's ages. Liz, this is something you should know about me. So you should maybe tell us how old you think these children are. (laughs) I would I would put Miranda at about nine and Mm -hmm. I would put Polly at about six. Okay, great. So amount, we're talking about eight, which is what all kids are. That's yeah, what I always average say. Eight. All, all kids are eight. That's Approximately my... eight. But the, the, the cousins who they're going to visit, there's two of them. So there's two other little kids. And I would say both of them are around like five or six. Yeah. They're younger. Yeah, they look younger. Wait, so how many kids are there in total? There are four, four. little kids and then Casey, the teenager. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and then like, while they're all downstairs, there's some more like weird family dynamics. You can tell that Jonah, the stepfather, like really dotes on his daughter, um, like Casey's half sister, Miranda. He like calls her princess and you can tell that he is very like permissive with her. Like she kind of gets her way a lot. And he and Casey also like have some tension there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cousin, one of the cousins, the other younger children, uh, Leah is the younger girl. And she comes downstairs and says, Polly is scaring me. (laughs) And uh, there's some insinuation between the two moms who are sisters that I think the older sister is um, Chloe. I presume she's the older one. And she kind of like insinuates that Elaine isn't great at, you know, getting the kids to bed. And she's like, let me show you. She basically tempts Miranda to take Leah back up to bed by saying, I'll give you a gold star. Miranda does it. And Elaine is in awe of she's like, oh, super mom. And so there's a little bit of of Chloe putting down Elaine's mothering in the in the beginning, just as subtle. But she's kind of like, I'm better at this than you. Yeah. And you get the vibe from like both those parents, like the aunt and uncle that like, they're kind of, they're kind of crunchy. Like they have their whole like holistic parenting thing going on. They live out here in the middle of nowhere and it's just them and like their little like crunchy bubble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Miranda takes Leah upstairs and we see Leah get into bed and she starts coughing a bad sounding cough and something comes out onto her hand and she wipes it onto her pillow. And we see more zooming in on whatever came out. (laughs) Oh, no. A little mucus, mucus zoom. (laughs) (laughs) We see that Casey is she's upset that she has to be there this weekend because she was supposed to go to a party with her friends. She goes outside to try to make a phone call because there's no reception in the house. So she goes outside and is making plans for her 
uh, friends to sneakily pick her up the next day so she can ditch the family weekend and go to the party that she wants to go to. And while she's out there, we hear the cute little cat Jinxie sounding not happy. We don't see anything, but it's bad cat screamy sounds. She says, Jinxie, Jinxie. We don't we don't see Jinxie. But we do oh, see the no. collar that is not on the cat. Mm. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and at this um, point like all the kids are saying like they don't feel very good <laughs> right they just kind of one by one are like oh, i don't feel good i don't feel good starting to cough we get a lot of Polly just um staring he starts hitting his, his little xylophone he loves banging on that xylophone and during the night they all they all go to bed and during that night Elaine and Jonah, Polly's parents are sleeping and he he just uh, Polly just is at the foot of their bed watching them sleep. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> creepy I kid. hate that. <laughs> it's no, so creepy. You. Did we see the kids like eat anything strange or anything like that? Or this is just all of a sudden out of the blue. They're just sick all of a sudden. We just see Polly at the beginning when they get out of the car, like he throws up and then everyone's like, he just must have a bug or he's just car sick. But we do not know the origin of what's to come. Okay, got it. And so at that point, like it's the next day, the family is like sledding outside. It looks like they're having a a really good time. Mm -hmm. Um, The kids are, again, starting to say that they don't feel good. They don't feel good. And at some point, Polly, the kid who originally doesn't feel good, shoves the sled down the hill that hits Chloe, the, the aunt. Uh-huh. Um, and Jonah, this, um, I guess his dad, uh, Casey's stepdad gets really, really angry and starts spanking him. He like runs up to him and starts like hitting him. And yeah. it's quite a scene. It, it's a yeah. lot. He like darts to him and just starts spanking him. Whoa. And everyone else is like, oh, Jonah, we don't need to. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Like, please stop spanking him. He's like, I do it. Like, I'm angry. Okay. And then we see Robbie, the uncle, is like smoking in the greenhouse, like outside. And then Casey goes to hang out with him and asks him if like she can join him. And he lets her. And then they have some other weird interactions. <laughs> It's uh, very inappropriate feeling all around that. I mean, they're like clearly like flirting with each other. This like uncle and niece, like she thinks he's cool. He's smoking. And she's like 15. She's She's not like old teenager. This is not not good. (laughs) And he sees that she has a tattoo on her stomach and is like, oh, what is that? And it's it's like peeking out into the point where she would have to like lift up her shirt and she shows it. And it is a tattoo of a fetus and right next to her belly button with an umbilical cord. What? What a crazy tattoo to have. (laughs) Well, she's 15. She knew what she was doing. She made a good decision. (laughs) Yeah. We should lower the tattoo age to 15. (laughs) We should lower it to 15. They they are very smart. They are smart choices. Smart choices. And then she tells him that it's her, that it's like a portrait that she is the, her words, I believe the abortion that got away. Yep. You're like, oh, okay. So there's some more layers to this family drama. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But then at that point, Chloe, Robbie's wife shows up at the greenhouse door and sees them. And however alarmed she must be, she masks it pretty well. Um, but yeah, 
probably cooler than I would be in that situation for sure. <laughs> yeah. She is a little, yeah, very, uh, too, too cool about it. <laughs> should maybe also, pull your husband aside and have a little conversation with him at this point. I feel like someone also really needs to have a conversation with Casey about her, how she's processing some stuff <laughs> in her life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely need to be talking more to Casey. Mm-hmm. But at this point, everybody goes back inside. They're having like a, a holiday luncheon together. And this is where shit like really hits the fan. This yeah. is, I would say, like the the turning point where everything just like starts going to hell. <laughs> um, the kids are not doing OK. They're starting to all say that they feel sick. None of them want to eat. But then they all start like crying and like screaming very loudly, imagining like four little kids all having a temper tantrum, like a meltdown at the same time around a table. Um, I guess it's uh, Chloe, the aunt who sees Casey like being weird with her husband, pretty much like outs her about the tattoo at the dinner table or at the lunch Mm -hmm. table. Mm -hmm. Um, And Casey has to get up and show the tattoo to everyone. So like while the kids are flipping out, we also have like this drama going on and it's just... A, a whole mess. It's a lot. And this is I also where the editing gets very intense. We start seeing Leah, the the young one of the youngest kids is under the table with a little doll. She has a little doll that says mommy. And there's a flash of the doll covered in blood. And it just like a loud little noise with it, too. And there's a flash and then like back to kind of the regular commotion at the table. and all in this scene, there's just these little spliced moments of it kind of makes you think that this is what the kids are seeing, that this is mm. maybe a symptom of whatever's going on with them, that they're just seeing violent images. And it just. Oh, no, it's upsetting. It's scary. <laughs> it's a very chaotic scene. So the kids are, are flipping out. The adults like aren't really able to get a, a hold on the situation. And then Miranda, Casey's younger half sibling, Um, ends up scratching Chloe, like in the face, like kind of in the Mm -hmm. eye and Mm -hmm. all the food like goes on the floor. And at this point, everything kind of erupts. So Mm -hmm. Jonah, Miranda's father, grabs her and like takes her upstairs. So like they're separated. And then Robbie, the uncle, grab all the kids. And he's like, ah, everything's kind of a mess. All the kids go outside. Like, let's just get them out of the dining room. Um, And the two moms are left to kind of piece everything together. And Casey goes outside with Robbie as well with the rest of the kids. Mm -hmm. Casey's going to make a phone call again because this is her friend is supposed to come get her at two today. And I think she's trying to figure out when is she going to meet up with her friend. So she kind of wanders off a bit and we're intercutting between these three scenes of Miranda and Jonah upstairs, Miranda having her freak out and uh, the kids outside happy again, like running and screaming, playing with Uncle Robbie and Casey kind of shuffling through the woods. And it gets like faster cut between each of these things. And as like everything's kind of building, uh, we see Miranda bite Jonah and we see Robbie getting ready to sled down the the a hillside and Jonah looking like he is or not Jonah, um, 
Polly looking Polly. like he is really up to no good. <laughs> he and, they're, is. <laughs> and they're like moving really another, telegraphing <laughs> and they're like moving another little sled in front of the sled in the direction that Robbie will be sledding down. And then uh, Casey falls flat on her, like trips on something and falls and Robbie collides with this sled. And we see right before he collides there, there are big hooks coming it's like out a giant of... rake. One of those. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pitchfork looking thing. Yeah. And slams right into it. And I think we go inside and from from uh, where the rest of the family is here, just screams. And I'm a little confused about the mechanics of this. How did he where was the rake? Located? So like as um, Uncle Robbie is coming down this hill, uh, I'll use my math, like on, at a perpendicular angle, we also Beautiful. see Polly, who is pulling what looks like a wagon or something, but there's like a giant, like forked rake on top of it. And so as I soon see. as he comes down, it hits him like right in his path at the bottom of the hill. Oh, no. Uh Oh, was he sledding down? Face first, Ace baby. First. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, not the way, not note. the way you want to do it. I feel like in general, you don't sled face first. It's a good I don't rule. Think I've ever sled face first. I don't. I think grew that. up near a hill, and I never did that. No, 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 no. Don't no. sled face first. Yeah, hot tip. Don't do it. <laughs> but it's a mess, and so obviously he is kind of decapitated at this point. There is an enormous amount of blood. There is a lot of screaming, and so at this point. All characters reconvene at the bottom of this hill to figure out what has happened. So um, he's Jonah, dead. He's he's done so bunzo. Jonah literally runs out screaming or not. He like goes, he goes, oh, shit. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> 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 it's very funny. We don't know yet if he's dead or not. He's just okay. bleeding. Chloe, his wife, runs up, like runs to him, screaming frantic. And we see her reach down to him and a flap of his head basically falls off. His skin like flops off. So it looks it's not good. <laughs> It's not good. Um, and I think pretty quickly she's feeling his pulse and they call an ambulance. Ambulance is, you know, somewhat far away. It's winter. It's snowy. The roads might be blocked. So it's going to be a while before they can get there. And I think within a few minutes, they lose his pulse and she's like, he's dead. But and it's everyone very is very upset. Obviously. I mean, that's a horrible, <laughs> horrible way to go out. Not a good way to not a good way to die. No. And at this point, the kids are also like fully infected with whatever it is is going on, except Miranda. Like Miranda is like Fighting getting there a, a bit. She you probably because she's older. I think that's yeah. like insinuation. And she looks like more like upset about it too. Like the other kids, I feel like don't really can't really quite tell what's happening. And I feel like she kind of can tell something not right is happening. So she she looks really upset every time something happens and she'll be like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the way this is like making me feel like she is more resistant to it. But at the same time, kind of te yeah, teetering. It's she's getting there. <laughs> she's the one that bit Jonah, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the other kids, you see these like close ups of their faces and they're like super pale and their eyes are like bluish gray and kind of glassy and like their lips are super chapped and just staring blankly ahead. Mm -hmm. It's very creepy. Mm hmm. Um, and in all the commotion, Chloe's kids have run into the woods. 
And so she's crying over um, Robbie's body. And I think her sister Elaine like takes her to, to take her inside. Is like, come on, like, let's go wait inside. Uh, they said not to move the body. And so they go inside and then I think she tells, she says like, she asks Casey to go look for the kids. Mm-hmm. And Oh, but she gets real upset too. Cause she asked Casey what happens. Mm, right. And she's like, you were there. And Casey has to say, I wasn't there actually. Like I was out in the woods making a phone call. So now there's kind of like the suspicion and blame and shaming going on and mm-hmm. not a good mm-hmm. situation. Um, and then Elaine goes back outside to, I guess, I don't know, look for Casey or something and notices that Robbie's body is not there anymore. And there's a very cool overhead shot of her following this blood trail. It looks like he has been dragged and she follows it through the yard to this little yellow tent that the kids play in. And from overhead, we can't see the body. So we presume it is inside that tent. And we hear little Leah just like giggling. Oh, the inside. creepy children's laughing. Oh, it's so children's laughter. Who knew it could be so creepy? So creepy. <laughs> well, in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's in just... a tent with their dad's dead body. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Wrong, wrong place, place, wrong time. time. <laughs> Wait, uh, are we at the point with like Polly, like the jungle gym? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, not good. Okay, so like Polly, doesn't he attacks Jonah with a knife for, for a sec? He like... He, so like... uh uh, Elaine is like reaching to go in the tent and then hears Polly screaming from the jungle gym. The knife's not yet. Okay. And so we see like monkey bars and Polly's sitting at the top of them and Elaine is trying to climb up to him to get him. And she's going further and further. And like, there's just all this tension, you know, something really, really bad is going to happen. And so Polly ends up luring Elaine to the very top of the climbing frame. And alas, Oh, I mean, like, okay, so we talked about gore earlier. This is the type of stuff where, like, I really do have a really hard time watching it. But Elaine gets lured to the top and ends up breaking her leg in, like, the most gruesome, like, bone sticking out. You hear Uh, the crunch kind of way. Bone pops right out. Emily (laughs) Emily especially hates this stuff. (laughs) Yuck. You hate a you hate a bone popping out. (laughs) Yikes. Does she fall? Is that how she breaks it? Or yeah, it's like like she falls with her leg kind of wrapped in the ladder up to the jungle gym and like bends around it. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. That's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Um and then Casey comes and grabs her. Oh, Casey, I think while she was looking for the two younger kids in the woods, saw something that we didn't see. She kind of heard Leah again, laugh, giggling and seeming like scared and then giggling and scared and giggling and saw something and then it cuts away from it. So we don't know what she saw. But right after Elaine falls off the jungle gym, Casey comes and swoops her into the greenhouse and kind of barricades them in there. So it now seems like Casey knows that something is up mm-hmm. and that and maybe so, we should be scared of the children. It is scary. So they're trying to just hide in there and figure out what's happening. Like everything is so chaotic and the greenhouse starts getting attacked and they're trying to barricade their, themselves in. Um, 
all of these like rocks come flying through all the windows. Everything is breaking. There's like glass flying everywhere, like raining down on them. And they're trying to like crawl out the bottom and you can't really see what's happening on the outside. It's very stressful. It's very stressful. And then we see Chloe, Robbie's wife, approaching the yellow tent that we presume her dead husband is inside. And Casey is in the greenhouse with her mom and Polly has broken into it. And uh, uh, Elaine says, Casey, go get like stop Chloe from going into that tent. And Casey says, I'm not going to leave you here alone with him. And at this point, I feel like Elaine is kind of like, are you like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Like, who cares? Like, go stop her. Right. Um, But we see that Polly is he's got a little knife with him. I think we did miss the knife part that he was in the in the kitchen at one point, I think right after Robbie died and a bunch of knives fell in the commotion and he like sliced his dad's arm Jonah and then he tries to slice them like in the greenhouse mm-hmm. but I understand like mother's instinct you don't think that like your six-year-old kid is trying to off mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a thing <laughs> that usually happens it doesn't usually happen but Casey it does think that it is happening and but still she does what her mom asks and she runs to I think she like pushes a little shelf on top of Polly or something so she like kind of gets him a little further away from Uh, her mom, Elaine, and then runs back to the yellow tent. We see, well, first, first, Chloe goes into the tent. Embrace (laughs) yourselves for what she finds there. It's bad. Oh, no. We see the cat collar again. Like, the cat (gasps) collar is, like, hanging. There's no cat still. Do you want to tell them what happens? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'll tell it. I'll tell it. So she goes in and sees Leah. Um, and there's basically like a little cot with a blanket on top of a body. So we know that that is where, uh, Robbie is. And Leah's just kind of on her knees next to him, kind of giggling, humming, who knows? There's like weird strings hanging from the ceiling. It's a very creepy little tent. It's a really creepy tent. It's a very creepy tent. Um, I think Leah runs out and then it's just Chloe in there and we hear the little baby doll that she Leah was playing with earlier that says mommy. We hear it kind of saying mommy. And Chloe's like, where is that coming from? Pulls down the (laughs) blanket covering Robbie's (laughs) body. We see that this is it is Robbie and she pulls it down all the way. And the doll is shoved into his stomach, like into it, like impaled wounds. The doll is half in him and half out of him, like just saying mommy. And (laughs) he didn't get he got impaled on his head. So this is a new wound. That's correct. To insert the doll in. Just for the doll. Just for the doll. This was this wound was presumably created by these children. (laughs) For the incision of this doll. Uh (laughs) And as she sees this and screams, Robbie wakes up. And grabs her with one last little like whoa, like moan. He's obviously he's not going to make it. He's not alive. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't get excited. It's so much worse. He's been alive for this experience. That's yeah. awful. So that makes it so much worse. It's awful. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> and so then, as Chloe's freaking out from this, we see little uh, knives kind of digging into the 
roof of the tent, we see Nikki is her other child, her son. We see his little face from up there like he like they're clawing into the tent, taunting their mom. And then right at this moment, Casey arrives to save her and kind of comes in and pulls her out of there and tries to take her back to the house or and like tries to go back to the house with her. Chloe runs into the house and closes the door right behind her. Won't let Casey into the house is clearly at this point afraid of Casey. Yeah, she thinks that she did it Mm -hmm. because the little kids couldn't possibly. Right. Even though the all signs are pointing to the kids being (laughs) fucking crazy right now. All signs. Well, we know that. (laughs) But yeah. And so so she doesn't make it in. And then she runs back to the greenhouse where Polly is uh, further trying to hurt Elaine. Does he have a little knife? He does. Yeah. He's got that. He's trying to, he's trying to do like the stabby stab thing. Yeah. You Um, tell it, you tell it. (laughs) Um, It's sad. I mean, like Casey would obviously do anything to defend her mom. And so Casey runs and sees her mother being attacked and shoves off her little half brother, Polly, who tragically kind of tragically falls backwards onto some glass. And he is He's gone. He's impaled. He's gone. It's like a big shard of glass. But actually, it's Elaine pulls him back. Elaine is like going to protect Casey. She like pulls him from his little hood. And so Mm -hmm. and just just to like, yeah, protect Casey. And he doesn't make it. He's he's impaled. It's really uh, her like screams are very. Elaine's tough. Yeah, it's it's very sad. I'm saying the acting is pretty solid in this. Acting is believable. She was good, especially the kids. Yeah, (laughs) Elaine knows that that her that Polly was is bad. Something's fucked up with her kids, but she's still sad that he has died. I think she just was trying to pull him back to just to get him out of the. She certainly did not mean to kill him. Mm -hmm. I think it was it was like an accidental like. I'm trying to just get him away from Casey, and Mm -hmm. then in the force of the pull, accidentally he fell and impaled himself. So that was like definitely Uh, not her intention. And she mm -hmm. is horrified and sobbing. Everyone looks, Casey looks shocked. And Jonah kind of runs in and is like, it's fine for a second. He like comes in. He's like, I got it. I got him. I got him. It's fine. And then quickly like realizes. So it's not fine. It's not fine. Oh, that's so sad. And then what happens? It's just kind of chaos. I think everyone is now like back in the house. And so Chloe starts accusing Casey of being responsible for all of this. And that Elaine thinks like she's losing her mind because Casey says like Elaine killed Polly in defense, like in order to save her um, and just blame is flying everywhere. And obviously, since Casey's the eldest, it is not and she's already got like the moody teenager thing going on it's it's not looking good for her unfortunately and there's Um, another another instance of chloe bringing back the like you've never been a good mom but this is bad even for you it's like she says something so it's uncalled for it's so like this is obviously a traumatizing moment and she says like not even mom would do anything this horrible something like that. And it's like, this was obviously unintentional, but just- It seems crazy to me that people are blaming Casey too. I, I guess, cause she's just like the teen girl and teen girl always gets blamed for everything. But like, 
this she hasn't done anything well she has a pretty upsetting tattoo that oh seems right to indicate it's the tattoo, it's the tattoo. <laughs> she's not doing great and doesn't feel great about her family and also the hot topic look um you can't you trust know, it you can't <laughs> trust can't trust that hot topic what's it called when you have she has like a color in, in the trailer she had like a streak of blue in her hair what was that called Oh, I don't know that. It, I didn't know that it had a specific name. I would have just it, called it a little little streak in her hair. There's like a hair dye you could buy at Hot Topic. Oh, called something. Manic that, Panic? Yes. Manic oh, Panic. yeah. Wow, Manic that takes Panic. me back. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's what I was looking for. Anyway, yes. you can't you can't trust a teen with Manic Panic in their hair. <laughs> can't trust a teen with Manic Panic. Absolutely not. Very, very untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Disreputable. <laughs> Disreputable. <laughs> so chloe runs out to go look for her kids because they're still outside and it, jonah well, goes too i think also. jonah goes too yes yeah. that's right and jonah is also looking at elaine angrily like he is at like he first comf- at, mm-hmm. at first comforting her and then kind of turn you see him kind of turn on her and so he goes with chloe to go look for the other kids so casey starts barricading everyone in the house like her mom is on the couch her leg is all messed up she can't move and casey's like i gotta protect us so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna lock all the doors i'm gonna like run around and make sure everything is closed yeah so we're looking back and forth between what's happening in the house there and then the other adults in the woods trying to locate the two kids Mm -hmm. who ran away Mm -hmm. um so in the house is Casey, Elaine and Miranda, who Miranda is looking more and more. She's getting like dark circles under her eyes. We're seeing that she may be succumbing to this same thing. Looking a little crusty around the mouth and (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, she is looking worse. And she but she still is trying to comfort her mom. And uh, Casey kind of pulls her away and is is like, let's go find the telephone. They can't find the telephone for some reason. It's off the hook. Maybe the other kids hit it, um, something like that. And so she's like, help me look for the phone and tells her mom, you know, yeah, don't if you see Leah and Nikki stay away from them. Like, I think they're really sick. I think something is really wrong. And you see that Elaine is kind of believing it now. And Casey and Miranda run upstairs. Miranda like giggles and gets away from her. It's like, hee hee, and like runs into another room and closes the door behind. And Casey's kind of like, okay, whatever. I've got other shit to do, like barricading these doors or whatever she's doing. And um, so they're separated for a bit. Oh, and then then they go, uh, then we see what's happening outside where Jonah and Chloe are looking for Leah and Nikki in the woods and they get separated in the Mm -hmm. woods. And Mm -hmm. so we have this scene where I think Leah, the little kid, she's wearing this yellow windbreaker, which is like very distinct. So like in Mm -hmm. the creepy, like flashing by scenes, you can tell it's her because of, you know, this, this very Georgian it esque. Yes, extremely. (laughs) Um, And so we see Chloe, she's looking for her kids and then she sees, she hears, you know, crying and she sees what she thinks is, you know, one of her children sitting there and approaches and it's Leah and she gives her a hug and says, it's okay. It's okay. And it's, it's really not okay. Cause she doesn't know. <laughs> she just doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, so as she's like holding and like consoling her kids in the woods, obviously they lure her into this uh, false sense of security and 
they attack their mom. Oh no. Full circle. Not only do they attack her, but they stab her in the eye with a crayon. <laughs> oh oh ah! my God. And it oh looks God. so real. I watched this exact shot like three times. I had to rewind it because <laughs> I, I had to look at it closer. Cause I was like, how the fuck did they do that? It looks genuinely like a fucking crayon being jammed into someone's eye. It looks so real. <laughs> oh, something about it being like a very blunt lobbed. It's like Ooh, it would hurt. Uh, also, it, would it hurt. just goes it would to hurt. show how soft eyes are. I get so easily. Eyes are so soft, Emily. We don't need to bring that up. <laughs> so um, gross. And another thing that they do before they stab her in the eye is they pull out her earrings, which I really hate. Oh, oh they're God. Hoop, yeah. Hoop earrings. You see and them just sucks. tearing them out Ugh. and it's like sli- slide slicing through that earlobe. Oof. It's pretty rough. Yuck. Yeah. Um, and at this stuff. moment, we also see Elaine back it, kind of in these big tense moments. It cuts back and forth between all the characters. So it makes it feel even more like stressful and um that's the case at this part, too. So w- when that's happening, we're intercutting with uh, Elaine, who's looking like she is contemplating suicide. She has a knife and is kind of pressing it against her hand, kind of shaking. Um, and upstairs, um, Casey has heard Miranda or no, heard the cat Jinxie or something. She's hearing something coming from the room that Miranda's in, goes in there. Is oh, expecting no. to see a cat, I think, and, think. <laughs> and goes around to the corner. And it's just Miranda sitting there with a little recorder thing, a little tape recorder thing and meowing and hissing from her own mouth. And maybe also from this tape recorder. I'm not quite totally sure, but it's just Miranda making these cat noises. <laughs> <laughs> and and Casey freaks out and realizes that Miranda's also now got this yeah sickness and so she starts strangling Miranda whoa but then Jonah it's not a good look but then Jonah her stepdad rushes in and when you see like a teenager strangling a nine-year-old what are you going to do yeah so he then obviously believes that Casey is responsible for all of this, breaks up the fight, but then takes Casey and slams her into the wall, hits her in the head, and then locks her in the bedroom and then grabs his daughter and then they run out. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, the joke's on you, Jonah, because your daughter was just (laughs) meowing and hissing into a tape recorder in a very suspicious way. Yeah, this is going to come back to get him. But then he's really mean also to Elaine. He like goes downstairs and tells her like, this is all your fault. Like you deserve this. And then, yeah, he's an asshole. Like we Mm -hmm. knew from the get go, but he's really just hammering this message home at this point. Um, He goes into another room. He's looking for Miranda, looking for his daughter. Um, Is this the point where Miranda's like a little busy to Elaine too? as she's like lying there in pain on the couch. So Miranda runs up and then grabs the splint on Elaine's broken (gasps) leg and just snatches it. Oh, no. And runs to her dad. (laughs) And she's like, bye, mommy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, then Miranda and Jonah get in the car to drive away. Jonah's just leaving them there. 
Okay, have fun, Jonah. Things are not going to bend well for you. And we specifically see they do a little close up of Miranda buckling her seatbelt and Jonah does not. (laughs) She's looking very pleased with herself. Um, we're still back, back in the house, back in the house. Now we're back with Casey, who is locked in this room. She's kind of pounding on the door, trying to get out. This is a very strong door. She cannot she cannot break through it. She looks outside and sees Leah and Nikki just the two little standing kids. there outside looking into the house. Oh, no. Um, and is obviously scared for her mom, who is the only one downstairs who's very injured, can't defend herself. She's kind of banging at the door more screaming, mom, mom. Like, we, you got to close all the doors. And her mom, it starts kind of limping around the house, trying to lock each of the doors. But we see that one of the doors has a cat door. As oh, no. Gen- it's a generously sized cat door. Oh, no. <laughs> <Enormous> cat. <laughs> and so she can hear Casey upstairs in the lane with her really, like, mangled leg at this point is, like, dragging herself, like, up the stairs, like, one at a time, trying to get her out. Um, she's at the bedroom. Casey's, like, slamming herself against it, trying to get in. Elaine's also trying to get her daughter out. And then we also see the kids going up the stairs. It's very, very tense. And Elaine has a fire poker, which, if I can remind you, is my weapon of choice. If I had to choose. (laughs) It's a very good one in this situation, especially. So she's kind of using it to try to pry open the door. But then as the kids get closer, she kind of turns it on them and is crying. These are her niece and nephew. And oh, she sees. Nikki holding in his hand the hoop earring with a bit of ear still attached to it. Oh my God. (laughs) And even despite all of this, like she's laying here with this poker, like trying to fend them off a little bit, but she's crying. And like, you can tell, like, she's not going to be able to hurt them because they're like five, they're just kids. And it looks like she's just kind of giving up, but great timing Casey with that like extra strength that happens like when someone you love is in danger manages to break a panel of like this wooden bedroom door and do you want to say how this happens (laughs) what do we see next (laughs) she yeah she kicks it in a way that one big splinter of wood is sticking up as as Nikki is Approaching with a little knife and they've pushed up her mother's shirt as if they're going to cut into her stomach and put a little doll in there, too. And (laughs) and as Casey knocks through this panel, she grabs Nikki and pulls. He like falls down neck onto this splint of wood. It just impaled completely (laughs) impales his throat. Tons of blood. It's really wild. Seeing a five-year-old really violently killed. Oh Oh my my God. God. It's crazy. Um, And then Leah escapes. Yeah. She's Casey is able to then get out of the room and she goes for Leah to Mm -hmm. be fair. She like, she grabs the knife and she is about to kill Leah as well. She's like, these kids are, I'm these kids got to go. And <laughs> Elaine like, be, like says, Casey, no, like, please, please don't. And we see that Leah is kind of cowering in fear. They kind of go in and out of a little more normal and a little more scary. And she had her little knife taken away. So she's not a huge threat anymore. So they decide to leave her and the two of them 
just get in the car to uh, another car to drive away. And Elaine drives, which is crazy because her leg is the bone is sticking out of it. And I think it's it's her driving leg as well. <laughs> I just also, don't know why. Like, let's I'm sure do the Casey merciful. Let's do the merciful thing and leave this five year old here alone in the snow <laughs> to be like, like feral in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's a humane thing to do. That's right. That's right. Also, the implication is that Chloe, right? The other mom is just dead, like somewhere. Like, yeah, we kind of saw we we saw kind of a wide shot of the two kids just standing over her body at one point after the crayon in the eye, after the old eye stabs. Uh, Okay, so she's gone. Got it. She's gone. And it's wild because, like, you have to be confused. Like, I was confused when I saw this movie because Jonah and Miranda seemingly escape. Like, they have a really like lengthy head start at this point. And so it looks like Casey and her mom are also able to escape. They get in the car, they start driving away. They're driving down like this road in the woods. And of course we see a car crashed on the side of the road, blinkers on everything. And so they stop the car, which I don't really know, like in this situation, do you stop? I might might keep driving. Yeah. I I might keep going. Get an ambulance, something like Mm -hmm. that. But they don't. They stop their car a little ways back. And Casey gets out of the car because her mom can't. And she approaches with a lot of caution. And she walks up to the side and she sees that the car is empty. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But she does a little bit more investigating (laughs) and sees that not too far off from the car, there's a pile of snow in a very specific shape. <laughs> human man-sized shape. A human man-sized shape. <laughs> Did not fall that way from the sky. <laughs> That's correct. And we see that the windshield has been shattered and there is a little speck of blood at the top of this man-shaped pile of snow. And she goes closer and we see that it is Jonah. His, you can see his, his bloodied face. And while she is looking, Elaine sees Miranda running from a different part in the wo- in the woods towards Casey with some sort of weapon, another little fire poker thing or something, or knife. And she is running, and Elaine tries to get Casey's attention. It's like, Casey, Casey, turn around. Casey's not turning around. Casey can't hear her. She's inside the car. Horn, honk your horn, honk your horn. That's smart, but oh, she yeah, doesn't. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Too logical, though. Sense. <laughs> but here's what she does instead. <laughs> oh, no. She steps on the gas and hits Miranda and kills her. Oh, my God. Well, there okay. you go. There you but go. Honestly, Sorry. maybe that was better. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the, is either honk the horn or that? You know, which one which are one? you going to choose? And she hits her head on. It's intense. She (laughs) hits her real hard and she smacks up against the other car. And we see a shot from like behind her head from inside the other car where her head has hit the glass and she falls down and just leaves a little blood trail on the on the glass. And then now Miranda's also dead. Yes. And after this, um, Casey throws up. Oh, no. (laughs) And we're thinking, you know, 
that was a pretty stressful thing that could make a person throw up from stress. Oh, no. That's traumatic. But we've seen what happens before when people throw up Mm -hmm. in this world, in this movie. And it seems like, you know, they're they have this moment of like, are you okay? Like, no, I'm not okay. But like, we're okay. Like, we're just we're just going to go. And they're they're trying to, like, put themselves together. And before they've left, like as they're just trying to collect themselves, they start to notice that coming out of the woods, like all around all of these little children. No, start children. to emerge. Not ju- now. I mean, we see, we see Leah, like we know where she is at now, <laughs> but we see a lot of other kids. Like we don't know. We can just assume that there has just been some wild child infestation all over this area. And they're all convening on them in this moment. No. Um, but Casey's like not in the car yet. She's just, just like trying to get her shit together. But her mom, Elaine, like sees her throwing up. And so as Casey sees all of these kids, she's like coming back to the car. Like she's trying to get in the car and Elaine pauses. And you don't know, like, is she going to let her in? Like, is it safe? We're not sure. We don't know. And ultimately, at the very last minute, she lets Casey in the car. She unlocks the door and they drive off and all of these kids kind of stare off at them as they drive away. But that's not it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just has one little final moment of uh, Casey's face starting to look a little paler. Oh, no. Maybe her lips are a little chapped. I don't know. She's been out in the snow. I mean, who's to say? Her lips could just be chapped. But she's doing a little unblinking stare and looking a little similar to some of the kids that we've seen earlier and just slowly push a little push zoom into her face so she just kind of stares off into the distance and then credits. Yeah, but she's got this like little smile at the end too. Mm. It's like this creepy little smile. Oh my god. What the fuck? Maybe yeah. she was just happy to have her her half siblings be killed. I have <laughs> I have so many questions. Was this all the children everywhere that were infected? I need we need at a least in this vicinity seems. And is it like is it truly only children or is it just work its way up age wise? Yeah. Like, will it eventually hit that's, lane? That's the little cliffhanger when we don't know. We don't know. Sure. Maybe it'll be. be a sequel. Who knows? Oh. And we don't ever learn what it is. They just get sick and then they start killing people. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Which I kind of appreciate because sometimes you can get really hung up on like, well, does that really make sense? Like, <laughs> it feels like. To me, like the the least convincing thing that happened in this film was how these five year olds moved a grown man's body. Yes. Like, I know they had a sled, but like he probably weighs at least like 160 or something like that. Like, yeah, that's that's a lot. And how they put him in this tent in the fr- and got him on got a cot. Him on a cot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but no, I totally agree that I feel like. We've talked about this before, how sometimes in the third act of horror movies, everything just goes to shit because they try to explain everything. And that's why a lot of times the setup of a horror movie can be really great. In that first mm-hmm. half, you can be like, ooh, baby, this is going to be the best movie ever. And then by the end, you're like, OK, that was stupid. And I think that, yeah, less is more. And it's OK to leave some unanswered questions. Horror movie writers out there, take it from yeah. us. Take it from us. <laughs> wow. That was very, that was very spooky. 
I'm spooked. I'm ready to have kids. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Only good things to come for you, Only Henley. Good things. Only good things. <laughs> um, this also reminded me. It's like the reverse of the plot of Mom and Dad, the Nicolas Cage horror movie oh Mom and Dad, where a similar <laughs> sickness goes around, where parents uh, are infected to to kill their children. Which is Ooh. Selma uh, Blair and Nicholas Cage. That's right. Selma Blair and Nicholas Cage. That was one of my pandemic horror movies, like early in the pandemic. Nice. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's wild. It's a wild ride. Check it out. It's worth like getting <laughs> drunk and watching though, yeah. like for sure. It's I mean, like with most Nick Cage movies, you're yeah. gonna get you're gonna get some <laughs> off the rails Nick Cage in that one for sure. Mm. But I liked this Best. one. I thought it was pretty solid. It is, and it was it was scary. And it was, I mean, sorry, I'm going to say it again. I thought it was fun. I had fun watching it. I yeah, like laughed at part of the time. Like some <laughs> of it is like, oh man, when she hits Miranda, I'm sorry, but I really laughed at it. <laughs> this is just so like unexpected. And yeah. oof. I would love to know what the filming of it was like. I'm always curious when there are kids in horror movies and how yeah. they, how, how they, they make explain those it to them. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get hit by a car here. <laughs> right, exactly. Or like, and you just put your doll in his stomach, okay? <laughs> so just act like that. No, obviously they didn't need to go into those specifics, but um, I think, you know, what was it in the Babadook? Was it the Babadook? What's the one? Babadook. The- yeah. And there was one that we did Shining. recently. The Shining, they didn't tell the kid it was a horror movie. That I know. Oh, you know what? It was actually in Climax also, the little boy in Climax, Tito, he like didn't see the movie and didn't know. I feel like that's probably common when you have a five-year-old. It's like, you'll do your parts and then you can never see them until 15 years from now. <laughs> so which, which one was it where it was like they had a small I man? I think it was The Shining. Oh, that was The Babadook. That was The Babadook. <laughs> but I think it was like, like <laughs> in, in Climax, he had to be screaming. You know, like I feel like, and in this one, they're holding knives. It's hard for them to like fully not know that's a true. Whereas it's like, like we're The putting Shining. Fake blood on your head. The Shining, I've, I haven't seen it in ages, but if memory serves, it's like you he could not necessarily know that he's doing a horror movie. You know, there could have been some tricks so he wouldn't have to see. Yeah. yeah. Just a dysfunctional family film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like hanging out by yourself in a weird hotel. <laughs> mm. Some creepy Ooh. ghost kids, but everything's fine. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Thank you for suggesting this one, Liz. This wow. is a good one. Yeah, this yeah. was really fun. This Thank you really for indulging fun. me. <laughs> no, I, I, we need to, we need to have a sequel. We need to know what happens next. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would love that. I would love that very much. And um, Liz, just so our listeners know, where, where can they find you on social media or anything else? Do you have anything to plug? Sure. Um, I am by far most active on Instagram. My handle is at teach and transform. You will not typically see me talking about things like this, even though I, (laughs) these are the questions I wish people would ask me every single day. Um, I did do something fun where I, I was bored one day and just asked folks like, what are you into? Give me some parameters and I will recommend a horror film to you. And that was really fun, except everyone, like 90% of people are like, I don't really like scary movies, but I really like psychological thrillers. I was like, yo, I get it, but that's not the same thing. If I said I would recommend you a psychological thriller, I would say I would recommend you a psychological thriller. <laughs> not the and same that's thing. It. Not it's the not same the thing. same thing. 
mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So next time, if I do that, I need to be a little bit more specific. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Horror only. Mm-hmm. Horror. Horror only. <laughs> we accidentally do psychological thrillers on here sometimes. sometimes. People have requested What Lies Beneath a lot, which I would. Oh, that's interesting. Classify. Is that the Harrison Ford one? Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> that one scared me. I watched that. Remember, we watched it. Uh, we watched it kind of recently. Oh, I mean, we it was did like, watch it together. We watched it three years ago. Was now. it Halloween? It was when was it? Four years? Who knows? No, I don't know. Anyway, it it's me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. This yeah. Thank you so much. Fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was like the most fun I've had in a while. Yay. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yay. I'm glad um, this is a release for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. From real life children. These Very um, much horrifying, so. <laughs> horrifying ones. Um, and we usually sign off with an accent or a funny voice. This they're British. So I'm going to try to do a British accent. Which okay, like okay. should be the easiest one, and for some reason I always fuck it up. <laughs> so British. from from all of us here at Too Scary to <laughs> Watch, so wait, and then Liz, you have to say goodbye with us. So we all say goodbye at the same time. So okay, we take it again. Take it again. Take it again. <laughs> from all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> sound like Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Hey, she's British. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you are a fan of the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. You can also follow us on social media at TSW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSW Podcast. We give you bonus content like bonus episodes and maybe merch soon who knows it's just an exciting place where anything is possible and we love to see you there and until then we will just talk to you next week we love you so much bye